Hello, it's Wendy, and I am really happy to be here and to bring you this very interesting episode of the podcast, Sleep With Me. (laughs) And of course, if you need to get in touch with me, for any reason, you can always send me an email to wendyhelp at gmail.com. And of course, spell Wendy with an I, W-E-N-D-I, help at gmail. If you'd like to subscribe to the newsletter, which you probably should because there are some really cool things that are happening in there, you can go to wendy.com slash newsletter, W-E-N-D-I dot com slash newsletter, and you'll see previous newsletters with deals and fun and tips and ways that you can work on changing things that are going on in your mind and your brain and your body, your life, all that good stuff. Yeah, so I moved to Hawaii. And I talked about that in one of the previous newsletters. It's been two months now that I've been here. And moving here was quite an epic experience because I had to get rid of my stuff. Moving from Colorado, and I, for 10 years living in Colorado, I really loved it. I had great friends and did a lot of amazing things. But now with all the COVID stuff in it, the winter was beginning. It just felt like it's going to be a dark, gloomy winter with nothing to do. And it got dark like before five o'clock in the winter there. So I have been wanting to move to the Big Island because my brother Tim lives here and we've been having a fabulous time. And I suppose some of the reactions to my newsletter about moving here and how hard it was to complete everything needed to make this kind of move. Some people were not totally kind or appreciative of me sharing that experience. Like, oh, you poor thing. You had to work really hard to go move to Hawaii. Well, some of us can't move to Hawaii. We can't go make a move to paradise like you did. Well, they didn't say it in that tone because it was typed out. It was response. But I could hear it. (laughs) Hear it in their typing. It is a process that even though I didn't have like a big house full of stuff like I used to, I had gotten my life down to living in a smaller kind of condo with not a lot of stuff, but still, once you try to decide what you should get rid of and what you should keep, suddenly you feel like you have a lot of stuff and there's a lot of mementos. A lot of things that you have had for a very long time and for me to just keep schlepping them around just because they are mementos no they mean things to me and they hold all these memories and there's stuff that I did and I let almost all of it go I saved of course a lot of photos of my life and my kids and relatives and digitized a bunch of uh, tapes of movies and um, of growing up and did all that that was a huge amount of work but the physical part of holding things in your hand that are things that have memories and hold something for you and deciding to let them go is quite an emotional experience just saying that right now my mind is kind of replaying what it was that I was feeling having to do that you know and most of your things that are mementos don't have a lot of meaning to other people They only mean something to you. Therefore, they're not worth taking to a thrift store. And apparently a thrift store throws away 95% of the things you bring. Did you know that? It all goes into the landfill, except for 5% of the stuff that they sell. 
And now, after letting go of all that, I have flashbacks. <laughs> I know you're saying you need a hypnotherapist to help you with that. I will have a memory of something like when I was a teenager, I think I was probably 17, I was in the Miss Boca Raton beauty pageant, which was interesting and fun. And I decided that my talent would be belly dancing because I was a belly dancer and gone to a bunch of classes and got good enough at it. And I had made this belly dancing costume by hand and it was all made by me because there just wasn't a place to go buy your belly dancing costume back then. No uh, Amazon for us to make the belt with the jingly coins and the top part, the bra with jingly coins. I used real dimes, rolls and rolls of dimes. I don't know where I got them from, but I took them out to the garage and I put them in each one individually, put them into a vice. And in that vice, I clamped them down and then I took a drill with a very tiny drill bit and drilled a hole through them. Hundreds of dimes. I drilled. <laughs> I guess I've always been a really determined person that when I start a project, I really want to get it going and get to the end result. Then I took all those dimes and I sewed them on to this belly dancing costume, outfit, whatever it is. And so that's just one example of holding this container in my hand that contained the belly dancing costume and having to decide. And the reason is, the reason you have to give stuff away or get rid of it when you go to Hawaii is it's very expensive to send things over there. I mailed about 12 or 13 boxes through the U.S. mail. And each one was over $100. They were very small boxes. They weren't very heavy, but it's just really expensive to send stuff over there. And I shipped my car over. I had to drive it to Oakland from Colorado to Oakland. And then I shipped it and they put it on a boat and they send it over to this island. But you're not allowed to put anything in your car. You can have nothing, not even a gum wrapper in the ashtray. <laughs> so I couldn't put anything in there. Now, you look at these things that are important to you that hold all these memories and you decide, wow, do I want to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars shipping these things that are memories that I virtually never even look at, except if I was moving, I would look at it and move it to my next place. But to go here, you have to decide, do I want to spend hundreds of dollars to ship these things? And the decision <laughs> for a lot of it was... Um, Oh gosh. Well, where I lived, the the complex had uh, dumpsters that were surrounded by really nice like fencing and whatever, really high fencing. So a lot of people would leave their things outside the dumpster. And it was like a little store and each dumpster stop, there was like things that you could just have because people didn't want to throw them away. So a lot of my stuff I put there. And I had CDs and DVDs that were in boxes that people no longer buy CDs and DVDs. And I had quite a lot. And I put those boxes out there by the dumpster for people to have them for free. Because we're in a time where you can't sell them. And I feel bad about just like giving them away. I feel good for the people who got them. But what else are you going to do with outdated stuff? Hmm. When I started doing the hypnotherapy, our videos were all on the VHS, 
Ooh, got rid of those. Anyway, things change, time changes, and I change something, and here's why. 10 years in Colorado and really loving it. It is an extraordinary place to be. There is so much to do in the summers and the fall is so beautiful and Rocky Mountain National Park and all the hiking and everything else. But I felt like I wasn't doing what my heart wants and I wasn't spending time near an ocean. And, you know, if you guys have followed me for a while, you know how much I love the ocean. I freaking sailed across the Atlantic. And for six days, we were petrified that we were going to die for real. Because it was just squalls and storms that were nonstop for six days. But anyway, save that for another time because I wrote a book about that. And I wrote, I typed every day in my cabin, especially the last six days when we were truly terrified that we might die. And I just typed and typed and typed. But anyway, that book will be coming out very soon. What was my point? Oh, the ocean. <laughs> I love the ocean. I grew up in Florida. I, I love the ocean. Then I was in Newport Beach on the ocean, and I just really miss being near an ocean. So that was my main motivation for coming here. Get to spend a lot of time outdoors, and Hawaii is beautiful. Depending on where you live, it is more expensive than where you live. However, for me, for some reason, living in Boulder, Colorado, it's a um, little expensive there. So it's my cost of living really hasn't gone up because it's about the same here. And now I get to see my brother, Tim, who is a very fun, awesome guy. We're having a blast. My son is with me. Riley came to Hawaii with me. And so I was texting with someone who used to work for me back when my business was like, oh, I think we had 18 staff members and big 3000 square foot office. And when things were like really cranking before 2008 came and just crushed everybody, including me, um, it didn't put me out of business, obviously, but it did create quite a dent in my, <laughs> in my plan. So at that time, I told everybody go out and find a job because I've got to close this office down. But Winfield had worked for me for a few years and he was a very good friend of my son, Sean, and Winfield was just like family. So I was texting with Winfield and I said, hey, you should come to Hawaii. <laughs> I was just kidding. <laughs> I didn't actually mean that he should move here to Hawaii and come and sleep in my living room. <laughs> anyway... I said that to him, and guess what he did? He got rid of all his stuff, and he came here with two suitcases, and he did it, and he's, oh my gosh. So he was one of my managers in charge of the whole shipping department, but he also did a lot of tech work, and his tech skills are amazing. So he's here. He is, um, he's pretty awesome to have around. He's just a great guy, and he's really, really smart. And what it does is, with him working for me and working with me, we can do things that I couldn't do on my own because I don't have a team or a staff or anything these days. I And having all those people in the past that everyone had the different jobs they did, it allowed me to just be creative and have fun with my work and do some innovating with things that are hypnosis related and also if you remember back and then <clears throat> to make all the fun videos and just really have more fun with things 
For me, working on my own, which has been just me for a while, has been a chore. And I don't know if you feel this way, like when you're working on your own, if you're self-employed, and if you don't have people around you or other energy and it's just you, how do you motivate yourself and how do you keep yourself pumped up? How do you keep the creative juices flowing when you can't bounce something off of someone else? I guess for those of you that you're a husband and wife team and work together, it either is really a great experience to have the creativity and someone to talk about ideas or to troubleshoot and speed things up and to be accountable to. But then again, there's always tension a little bit if you're working with a spouse. And that tension is going to create just so much difficulty. I know I used to work with my husband way back in the day when we had a glass blowing business. And we sat side by side making these glass pieces, each sitting in front of our own torch. And our life was sitting next to each other, cranking out all these glass pieces sitting right next to each other <laughs> was not always a good thing. Because that's a lot of time to spend together. And the other part of the problem of working by yourself is that you don't have that person there to help troubleshoot or to give you an idea or change or solve something. So Winfield is so valuable. He just, he knows how to fix, get things done, problem solve like you know I'll be messing around with something that's like ah, I can't figure out how to get this text thing to do this and to get that link to do whatever and then for me what I basically would do is kind of give up you know in the past but he just says okay let me take care of it no problem and so now I get to do writing and write newsletters and produce more programs for you guys and just do the thing that I love. So we're going to shoot more videos. I hope you saw the video I made with the song that I wrote. I performed it on the ukulele <laughs> and Winfield put it into an editing program and put all the pieces together and so they all kind of line up and the song kind of works. If you haven't seen it, you need to go check it out. And I don't know exactly how to tell you how to find it except that in the notes for this podcast, I will put a link for you. So that's what I've been up to and just really felt so weird when I first got here. I did write about it in the one newsletter and there's a feeling of unfamiliarity. If I was here on vacation, I would know that I get to go back home, put the key in the doorknob of my door, sit on my couch, watch my TV, everything's familiar, see my friends, go for a walk in front of my house, and everything would be familiar if I was on vacation. And I do love to travel to a lot of places. I'm not scared of being in new places. But being here and knowing that I can't go back to anything familiar, and there's no people that are familiar, I'm not running into someone that I know, I don't see that same person at the grocery store or I don't have any groups or clubs or anyone that is someone who's familiar, except for my brother, of course, you know, that that's very helpful. But it's a weird feeling. 
our brains really get comfort from seeing things or hearing things or being surrounded by things that are familiar. So every Friday in Colorado, I would go uh, with my jam group and outside by the lake, we would have a jam session and just play music for two hours and it was so great. The music was familiar, the people are familiar, our routine was familiar. And there's a lot of comfort in that. The first two weeks were very weird because I was in 14-day quarantine. I actually spent 14 days in, it's kind of at a hotel, but it has condos in it, so the place was a condo, and then it was part of a hotel with a front desk. That's why I was allowed to stay there, because you have to have someone at the front desk that if they see you out of your room during those 14 days, they have to call the police. <laughs> so my son and I, for 14 days, stayed inside the room. And we ordered food from all the services that bring food. Couldn't find a place that brought alcohol. <laughs> so I had to get on Facebook and beg someone to bring me some wine. It was quite interesting. Day 13 was very long because I knew the next day I could go out. And that's the song that I wrote that I played on ukulele the other day for all of you. It was about day 13 and what it felt like to know that tomorrow I got to go get in the ocean and take a walk along the sand and do the things that I moved here to do. It's pretty cool though, you know, you, you have something to look forward to, that's for sure. Getting out of quarantine was pretty nice. Got to go walk around, but guess what? Since Hawaii had been in that quarantine state for any visitors coming in, there have been no tourists for months. I'm walking around in downtown Kona and there are virtually no people. Like maybe you see one person or two people. The shops are all closed. A lot of them, they're empty. They closed them up and closed up permanently. The restaurants are closed and there's no traffic on the street. There is maybe every few minutes you might see one car, every 10 minutes you might see a car. There is nothing going on. So here I am out of quarantine. <laughs> there's nothing. It was quite eerie, although I didn't know how it was before quarantines happened and no tourists. So I wasn't used to this being strange, but it was like, so here we are, nothing to do. All the restaurants are closed. <laughs> we can go to the store. We can go to, we can go to Costco. Woo -hoo. That was actually the high point for a while. So recently, Hawaii just made it uh, available to tourists to take two COVID tests, one before you leave on your trip and the other one when you arrive in the airport. And now there are people here. There's restaurants that are open, the shops are open, still a lot of them have gone out of business and they had to close up permanently, which is so sad, so devastating. And there are people and there's things going on. There's lots of cars. Oh my gosh. So many cars. But I have to admit, it is really great because there's a lot of life and it's just fun seeing people everywhere and everybody's having fun and 
Um, the restaurants are really happy that <laughs> you've got some people to come and eat dinner. Yeah. Anyway, that's what I'm doing. And now things are looking familiar to me. And I go to the same place to have a little happy hour food and see the same people. And the man at the door says, oh, hi, nice to see you again. Those little things of familiarity are so important. And we really need to have those things to comfort us, to make our brain feel like, oh, okay, this is all right. I haven't been dropped in some foreign land where I don't know anybody and I can't escape. <laughs> Anyhow, um, I was just writing a newsletter and it was about the Zen of Thin, which is the weight loss program that I do that has like tons of hypnotherapy sessions in it. And I was remembering a client that I had and I wrote about this in it, if you get my newsletter, and it was just an interesting experience. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about what happens when you do hypnosis for weight loss in particular. There are some things that happen in your brain that might surprise you. It was a client that I had. She came to me because she ate sweets and sugary things and candy especially. So I did this process that I call the appetite zapper. And it has you do this thing to your brain where you're comparing foods that are good for you to good foods that are not good for you, like, you know, sweets and empty carbs or processed foods or fast food. And the process is that I have you imagine you're eating like a salad, a really delicious salad, and it's got all the things you love in it. And you imagine tasting it and swallowing it. And then I ask your subconscious mind to take you to two hours after having eaten that food. Now, while you're doing this, your brain is recreating the feeling it will have two hours after eating that food. Physical feelings, very real feelings. Now, I ask you to describe those feelings. You say, wow, my, my head feels really good and clear and I can breathe really easily. And just seems like everything feels like good energy. And then I have you eat something that's not so good for you, like some sugary dessert or a fast food hamburger, for instance. So imagine eating that hamburger and just uh, taking every bite and tasting that crappy food in your mouth, but it tastes so good because they've got so many chemicals to make it taste really good and swallow it, eat some more and swallow it. And then I ask your subconscious to go to two hours after eating that hamburger. And then I ask you, of course you're in trance the whole time, then I ask you what you feel and what you notice in your body. And people tell me things like, my breathing feels kind of tight. Um, I just, I can't breathe that freely. My head has a little tightness in it and I kind of feel like, mm, I don't know, there's something going on in my head like a headache. Or they'll say, my body feels heavy and tired. Isn't that interesting that we can recreate that feeling in our body based on just imagining eating that food. And it has worked. For, I've done it with so many people. And the recorded version of it is in the Zen of Thin. But here's what, here's what I wanted to tell you that was really funny. And part of it wasn't actually all that funny. <laughs> Not funny, haha, I guess. Okay. So my client goes home and she called me. And it only maybe an hour after she left my office, she called me and said, Wendy, something's wrong. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm not sure if she said it with that intensity, but we'll just pretend she did. 
And I said, what's wrong? <laughs> and she said, well, I, uh, I got home and I felt fine. Everything's good. But I got the box of C's candy down from the hiding place where I hide them from myself. <laughs> well, this is a part that's both funny, weird, and haha funny. <laughs> First of all, she is hiding candy from herself. And she knows where it is. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I still don't get it. And I, hey, if you're the client that I'm talking about, my apologies. It was a very serious moment for you. But it was still amusing as well. So she says, I open the box of candy up and I can't eat it. I just don't want it. I mean, it's sitting there and it looks good, kind of, but I just don't want to eat it. What's wrong with me? Well, she wasn't having an aversion to it or she wasn't feeling like, oh, if I eat it, I'll throw up. There was nothing like that in the Appetite Zapper program. It is all positive and it's not to make you feel repelled by something. It's asking your inner mind to make a decision that you simply don't want that food. It doesn't belong in your body and it's not healthy and it's not something you need or want. So she was experiencing that. And I said, well, maybe there's not something wrong. Maybe it's that the program or the session that we did really worked because it made you simply not want it. You don't have cravings for those delicious chocolate candies. I didn't say delicious though. So it worked, but it scared her because her mind made such a shift. Another woman that did the same session with me, she <laughs> emailed me the next day and she says, this is totally nuts. Guess what? The kids are coming home from school and I'm cutting up vegetables for a snack for myself and for them. And the reason that's really weird is because I do not eat vegetables. <laughs> Sometimes I make my kids eat them, but I don't eat vegetables. And she says, I am loving these vegetables. I'm sitting here just eating them and enjoying them. And oh my gosh, they're so good. <laughs> and she wasn't trying to eat the vegetables. She was cutting them up for her kids, but then started eating them herself, herself automatically. I just love what we can do to our get our subconscious mind to help us make better decisions. Now you might have gone on a diet at some point in your life. After being in this whole COVID mess for so long, you might have added some extra fat to your body by eating more things than you should. And you're just looking for comfort. You're looking for the endorphins and the dopamine that we get from eating or from being out with friends or doing fun things, attending sports games, you know, going to football, whatever. You're not getting those, so you're substituting food to get the endorphin rush or to get the dopamine um, from your brain. And maybe you gained a little extra weight. Now, when you try to go on a diet, it's a little tough. What do you say to yourself when you're going on a diet? You know, you're saying, oh God, I have to go on a diet. I have to do this. And you're making it pressure and work. And you're not saying, I get to get my body back in shape. I get to release some weight and feel good and feel light and look better and be happier about myself. You don't usually say that to yourself. You say, oh no, I can't have dessert anymore. I can't eat my hamburgers or whatever your thing is. So you're acknowledging that it's going to be hard and it's going to be difficult. Or if you need to go exercise, it's like, oh, but I don't like to exercise. Well, you know from listening to me for however long you have 
that your self-talk is huge in creating the experience that you want to have, whether it's negative or positive. That is not something new. <laughs> and if you catch yourself saying something negative silently or out loud or to anybody else, like if you're having a conversation with your one of your friends and they're saying, yeah, I got to lose some weight too. And then you both start commiserating saying, yeah, but it's so hard, man. Every time I try, it's just all I want to do is eat more, you know, sweets or desserts or whatever. And I feel so deprived. I have to have something. Well, this makes sense. You, you know, you want that good feeling that you used to get from living your life in happy ways with all, all the bad news. But it does make sense, but you don't indulge in that conversation and you don't let your friends' conversations make you indulge in it as well. You stop. You take a breath. You don't beat yourself up for being negative or saying things that you didn't want to say to your body. And you just say, oh, I don't feel that way anymore. Now it's really easy to eat healthy foods. In fact, I'll probably just start craving them and wanting more and eating the salads, the veggies, the things that fill me up but make me feel really good. And then maybe, if you want to take a tip from me, start doing some intermittent fasting. Very good for you. It's good for all parts of your body, for your brain, your immune system, and very good for weight loss too. And you'll get used to it. And you Now, right now you're saying, oh, but I'm so hungry when I wake up, right? Yeah, you'll get used to it. And and you won't be hungry. I now, <laughs> like one or two in the afternoon, and I'm like, oh my God, I forgot to eat. But that's because I have been doing the intermittent fasting for quite a while. And it really works for helping you lose weight. Still, you have to make really good food choices. But when you get the Zen of Thin program, which I catch what I did there. So <laughs> when you get the Zen of Thin program, the processes in it are going to stop the cravings for sweets and foods that are not good for you. You're going to naturally want to exercise because there is a session called Love to Exercise. And I swear by everything I can swear by, you will want to exercise because you want that feeling you get when you've exercised and you've worked out. And it'll you will you'll email me uh, and tell me how it's the craziest thing, but I just started exercising and loving it. You will eat smaller portions, feel full faster, and you'll start losing weight. There are so many different things that we need to do to make it easy for you to release the fat, to love to exercise, to eat healthy foods. It's not going to happen from some guy's one shot hypnosis tape, or we don't have tapes, but you know, same thing. <laughs> it's not going to happen from that. It's not. I guarantee you, there's so many levels of change that are needed in order to release the weight and release the fat from your body. And I didn't say lose the weight because, you know, some of us hypnotherapists feel that losing something has a negative connotation. I don't know if it does or not, but just in case, we'll say release. So that's what that's all about. And the Zenithin is, I think it's 20% off right now. The coupon code is in the notes of the podcast. Or, well, what's the coupon? Oh, the coupon is go for it. All one word. Just go for Go for it. Just put it all one word. And then that I think does the 20% off. You'd think I would have written this down and had it handy, but it's okay. I am recording this podcast 
in a little condo where I have a view of the ocean. It's, it's a block away, but I do have a view of the ocean and the sunsets are spectacular. The condo is very small and it's from a building that was probably built in the 70s or maybe even before that. From the outside, it's like this just big, huge, tall building that's ugly as hell. Well, not hell. That's probably really ugly. But it's this is big beige, totally plain building that was built in the probably early 70s. There's a lot of those buildings around here and they're not pretty. But the condo inside is gorgeous, and I sit on my lanai because I'm in Hawaii. It's a lanai. It's not a deck. You know, it's not a patio. But I sit out there in the morning, and the little geckos come by, and they eat papayas and bananas, and these little java sparrows. Oh, they look like little puffins or something, but they're really tiny. They have these really cool pink beaks, and um, they eat out of my hand, and it's just, it's magical. It's its really nice. It's a nice way to start my day and get out of that rut of dreading winter. So living in Colorado, so many good things about it, but I really dreaded another winter of it getting dark so early and limited activities since I don't snow ski anymore. And I fell on the ice two times, falling on the ice while you're going out to your car is incredibly painful and scary and jolting and it stays with you in a visceral way. So when I would think about going out somewhere, if there was potentially ice around, I would just get these pains flowing through my body at just the thought of it. So now again, you're saying, when do you need to go see a hypnotherapist? <laughs> yeah. And then I fell again. The first time I fell, my car was parked on a street. Um, and I fell at the back of my SUV. And so I was basically lying on the street on my back. And I couldn't get up for a little while. And it was kind of weird. It's like, don't run me over. That's all I ask. Just don't squish me. Second time I fell was, it was in the parking lot in front of my place. And you know, no matter how careful you are and how slowly you walk, ice is just a mother effer. It will get you that fast. All of a sudden you're just on the ground. So anyway, I didn't want to spend another winter in Colorado. And there was a time frame that I had to meet to be able to make this work because winter's coming. <laughs> and the current airfare for me to fly from San Francisco to the Big Island was like $130. That was all. So that was another factor is like, are the prices going to start going way up? Because usually, you know, flying to Hawaii is not cheap and it'll cost you many hundreds of dollars. So I wanted to make sure I got in on that. I did the hard work. It took about a month to sell the stuff and have a lot of people coming and buying your stuff. And then the rest of it, you know, just, hey, take it, take it away. And, whew, wow, even talking about it, I'm still having flashbacks, but not in a bad way. It's all good. And every time I had to let go of something that had meaning to me or had some memories in it, as I mentioned in the beginning of this, I just really blessed it and thanked that thing like, oh, when I was 16 years old, I sewed a leather jacket out of leather hides. And it even had pleats in the back that were leather. And it was really cool. But I had to let go of that because there's no use for it. I don't need it. It doesn't fit me. 
It's not something I would wear, but maybe somebody else kind of thought, hey, that's kind of funky and cool. Maybe I will take that and wear it. All right, one more thing, and then I'm going to sign off. If you're not subscribed to the newsletter, you got to subscribe to the newsletter because I'm cranking them out, having fun, and giving you lots of great ideas and things to laugh at, maybe, at me. <laughs> and and uh, then my adventures in Hawaii, and I'm going to take you on some really epic road trips around this island and show you things that are here and show you what I'm starting to fall in love with here. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, what else? Sign up for the newsletter. wendy.com slash newsletter. That will get you there. Well, I hope that you're doing well and that whatever it is that you are inspired to do, that you can take some steps in that direction. If your life has been in a rut, maybe you want to take a look at some of the things that I offer that will get you out of that rut. Maybe make you more adventurous or think bigger or if you're struggling to make a living, maybe you want to work on my financial abundance program and give yourself some new ideas and new creativity and ways to open your mind and your heart to the fact that you are worthy of creating wealth and helping others and living a really cool life. Or Think and Grow Rich, which is the entire book that Napoleon Hill wrote. And even though this was like, over 150 years ago that's like wild guess I didn't do the math but <laughs> even though it's really really old as I read each chapter I recorded it so you have an audiobook as I read each chapter everything resonated that is current information about how we create opportunities or how we think to get out of that fear mindset and on and on and then I made a hypnosis session after each chapter that relates to the exact lesson that you're learning and the thing that he is teaching in each chapter. So if you don't have Think and Grow Rich, it's, you know, my prices have come down a lot and made them very affordable for everybody. But go check that out on my site at wendy.com. I have had a great time imagining you listening to my podcast <laughs> right here. I just see your beautiful shining face in my mind and I want you to have a really, really good life. I want you to find what it is that you're passionate about and what you want to do when you live your life that gives you satisfaction and rewards you and makes you feel really good. All of you who have emailed me back in the last few days um, I am so grateful for every one of you and how you are inspiring me. Boy, I spit that word out, huh? <laughs> how you're inspiring me to go even bigger, to reach more people and do the things that can help so many more people. And I do want to be in your life and I want you to be in my life. So feel free to email me. I have been returning a lot of emails lately and it just gives me so much joy. So, blessings to you. Have a fabulous day and just dream big. All right. I will catch you again very soon. Bye bye.